Welcome to the Case for Safety podcast. Our conversations with safety experts aim to share ideas and insights you can use to help your organization benefit from efforts to improve worker safety and health. I'm your host, Scott Fowler. Engaging with your workforce is one of the most important steps you can take to improve your safety and health management system. Here with me today to talk about why that is, the relationship between worker engagement levels and incident rates, and much more is uh, Dr. Jan Wachter. Dr. Walker is a certified safety professional, certified industrial hygienist, and certified hazardous materials manager. He is also a professor in the safety sciences department at Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Dr. Walker, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, glad to be talking to you today. So uh, let's uh, let's dive in. Now we're we're talking about you know the importance of engaging with with your workforce to improve your safety and health management system. And something you had said in an interview I saw that really struck me is that the more engaged the worker is in the safety and health effort, the more engaged they will be in the effort to perform in a safe manner. And I thought that that was that was a great gives a great foundation for our conversation today. So I thought we could kind of start there and talk about why engagement is so important to developing an effective safety and health management system. Okay, I think uh, most people would say that at their place of work, they do implement a safety management system of some sort, whether it's based on, let's say, ISO 45001 or ANSI Z10 standard or the older OSAS 18001 or some other method by which they implement safety. You know, we do have these safety management systems, SMSs, at our sites. And, and, and when you develop an SMS, you know, these are policy plans, procedures, etc., that the intent is to identify risk, evaluate risk, control risk, and by reducing risk, hopefully you reduce the number of accidents. Things have to be in place, but that's only one half of the equation. It's, it's, it's one side of the coin. Having things in place does not necessarily mean things are gonna get done. So the other part of the equation, the other side of the coin is workers need to implement the safety management uh, system where it matters most, and that's you know doing their task at their work site. So in a way, of course, worker engagement matters for them to be involved in uh, not only implementing a safety management system, but developing it. So by workers investing their minds and hearts uh, in a safety management system, there's a greater chance of them implementing the requirements and doing it in an acceptable manner. Now, now Scott, if, if, if you read these uh, safety management consensus standards, which are out there, they always say management commitment, employee participation, right? Those are the two phrases, you know, management commitment, employee participation. Well, I think it has to be more, or it should be more than just participation. And let me give you a personal example that I just thought of actually last week that shows the difference between engagement and participation. And when I was four years old, my parents forced me, not forced me, well, they did, to learn to play the piano, okay? And my lessons were Saturday morning at 10 a.m. And for a four-year, four years old, for a four-year-old kid, I think that's almost like cruel and unusual punishment. But of course, I complied with their request. My older 
siblings took piano lessons. Of course, I was going to take the piano lessons. And I participated in this, you know, assignment they gave me more or less. And, 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 and they would sort of put pressure on me saying, well, you know, your dad works really hard for a living. He works hard for his money. So we're paying, I think it was $5 at a time for a lesson. So you should be grateful for that, right? And then as time goes on, it's like, well, you can't quit because, you know, we've, in, we've inputted so much money into your, you know, piano lesson. So you can't quit because it'll be a sunk cost. So it's much like a work site where, you know, uh, the organization says, we are paying you to do something. We want something in return. Okay. It's, it's sort of a, a tit for tat. It's social exchange theory. It's transactional. Okay. And I took piano lessons for the first two or three years based on that approach. Then I switched piano teachers. Oh, first of all, I have to say that, that when I went Saturday morning, the piano teacher's uh, sister would always be baking bread. Okay. And, and so, and so, or, or, or paste, pastries. The only thing I could think about were pastries and bread as I'm taking the lesson. So it talks about sort of having a distraction in the workplace that how it can impede implementing what you're supposed to be doing. But, but anyway, I switched the, my piano teacher and, and, and that this guy I went to, he said, well, what kind of uh, things you want to be taught on the piano? I said, what? Because I was given these yellow piano books with finger exercises. He says, no, what do you want to learn how to play? And of course, it's a kind of pop music, rock music, and things like that. So he was asking for my input in terms of, of the system, right? And, and, and then he says, oh, by the way, you know, uh, you know, do you have any inclination of maybe writing music and maybe transcribing it and putting it down? And all of a sudden, oh my God, he's he's not, he's mentally engaging me in this in this uh, actions. So under his tutelage for a couple of years, I learned so much more than what I did from my former piano teacher that I had like four or five years, mainly because I was actively engaged in what I was doing. So there is a profound difference between engagement where, you know, you're a part of the system, you're asked for your input, people value you, you're considered rather than participating because someone's paying you for doing it. So that's why I think worker engagement is not only important for safety, it's important for doing your work the best you possibly can do. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great example. And just making it a, a back and forth as opposed to, you know, somebody just, you know, telling, telling you what to do now, diving a little deeper into, uh, something you've you've studied is uh, the correlation and relationship between safety management practices and outcomes such as incident rates and the role that worker engagement plays in that. You know, one of your studies notes that safety management systems and worker engagement levels can be used individually to predict accident rates. And I, that, I thought that was really, really interesting. And I'm interested, you know, in that correlation between the two and, you know, some best practices uh, for engagement that safety professionals can use to prevent incidents in the workplace. Okay. This is sort of a complicated issue. Okay. And, you know, how it all rolls up into this ball of wax. The question you have to step back and ask yourself is why do people implement a safety management system? And 
And I'm not going to say there's a right or wrong answer, but the expected answer is we want to reduce risk at our site to improve on our accident rates. But when you do, when you do sort of ask people that, that's not the answer oftentimes you get. Often they say we implement a safety management system because of public relations, because we want to be a good corporate citizen, because we want to gain competitive advantage because our suppliers, we want to be, uh, our, our people that we're in contractual relationships with want to have people certified and things like that. So early on, it was obvious that looking only at accident rates might not be entirely appropriate to understand the benefits of implementing a safety management system in the workplace. About 10 years ago, there was, a, there was a number of studies done, not in the United States, but in Europe, Spain, Portugal, Italy, did a lot of studies saying, you know, what are the benefits of implementing a safety management system with respect to reduction of accident rates? And the results were inconsistent. You know, some studies showed that there was a correlation, some studies did not show it. So, and I think one of the reasons why it was not conclusive is that accidents are rare events, right? Even in the worst performing companies, they tend to be rare events. So, you know, it, from a statistical point of view, you can't treat the data the normal way you normally treat the, the, the data. It's a Poisson distribution. And normally you have to collect thousands of points of data to come up with the connections. And unfortunately, what you come up with a connection is, is that there is a significant effect between having a safety management system in place and reduction in accident rates. But the effect tends to be very, 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 very small because your database is so large. So what started happening was people were looking at other outcomes other than accident rates to look at benefits from either implementing a safety management system or trying to understand better uh, how to prevent accidents or reduce their rates in the workplace. And they honed in on the behavioral safety component of it. And that tended to be actually better linked with a reduction of accident rates than having a safety management system in place. You know, I thought that's intriguing, especially at the time people were you know, downplaying behavior-based safety and things like that. So there was a lot of studies emanating from Australia that looked at safety behavior with, in, two, in two big bins, employee participation and compliance. Safety compliance is sort of individual task-oriented, you're obeying the rules in the organization. And employee participation was that you're engaged in the social aspects with your coworkers trying to work together as a group to perform in a safe manner. So there was more and more studies being done that this behavioral component was really, really important to understand why, uh, how you can control accidents. Well, Scott, a safety management system is not a behavioral system per se. It's risk-based, it's quality-based. So there was sort of a disconnect, okay, between what people were, were saying. So ultimately people came together and I was one of the people that came together to say, how does a safety management system affect worker behavior? And how does worker behavior then affect accident rates? Okay, and that's a real leap here because most people say safety management systems reduce risk. And by reducing risk, you reduce accident rates. But the information proved otherwise. There's some other 
what's called mediating factor in between. And it was sort of this behavioral part of the it, part of the equation. So there were a bunch of factors that were looked from a behavioral point of view, like uh, engagement, safety, climate, the level of trust, justice, these sort of social aspects of being in the workplace that people were trying to correlate that with the existence of a safety management system being in place, which is kind of, kind of you know, a, a real leap forward to say that the systems are connected with each other. So there was a bunch of studies done looking at safety management systems and their effects on accident rates and worker engagement on accident rates. And people started to look at the various subcomponents of each, you know, like the safety management system, what components exactly, you know, affect accident rates and things like training and pre-work safety meetings and having team groups doing accident investigations and hiring practices in the organization all seem to track with lower accident rates and worker engagement and safety climate did. So then a bunch of people thought, let's look at the various components of a safety management system to see how the components affect the various components of safety behavior and to see how those components affect accidents in the workplace. And what you come up with is what's called a mediation type of study. And that's the type of the work that's been going on a lot in this area for the last like six or seven years. And what mediation is, okay, and I think this is really a profound way of understanding what's going on, is if you have a safety management system in place, right? Is it correlated with accident rates? Like if you have a stronger safety management system in place, as well as the components of it, and you can parse off the components, does that reduce accident rates? Then you have levels of worker engagement, okay? Having those in place, does it reduce accident rates? And you know what? I have these components of safety management systems being in place. Do they affect worker engagement, okay? When you, you have to have all these conditions being in place to do a mediation study. Then what happens is, you roll it all in the big ball of wax, okay? Saying, I have both safety management systems in place and worker engagement in place. And when you do what's called a multiple regression analysis, if you have mediation, the worker engagement association with accident rates pops out and the safety management system falls behind in the influence. So what it's saying is safety management systems work to affect accident rates because of worker engagement. So it's like a gatekeeper, okay? And I think that's really important to understand when you implement a safety management system approach is you gotta have worker engagement because there's a lot of studies that show that. Now, what type of worker engagement? Well, it flips back into what components of a safety management system you have in place. It could be workers engaged in uh, telling managers what type of training they want to have or being on accident investigation teams, right? Or writing their own standard operating procedures. So there could be a litany of things that a worker can be engaged in that, that is embedded in the safety management system approach. In fact, if you look at ISO 45001 standard, there's a section on, it's called worker consultation and participation. 
And that gives you dozens of clues how workers can be engaged in a safety management system, hopefully to reduce accident rates. A long answer, I know, you know. No, no, no. That was great. And I love how you mentioned, you know, you can't have one without the other, that all of this, it kind of, you know, we talk about with systems thinking and things like that, that, you know, all of these elements are intertwined and you, you, you can't have an effective safety management system without worker engagement. So something you mentioned earlier, talking about winning hearts and minds, kind of going off of, uh, you know, the examples of different ways to engage workers. The, the study I mentioned earlier states that safety performance may also depend on mediation by safety-focused cognitive and emotional engagement by workers. And I love, I love that. I love that term. So I thought maybe we could spend some time, you know, talking uh, a little further about that safety-focused cognitive and emotional engagement, you know, what that is and how it can be used to improve safety and health management systems. Let's call it mental engagement. That sounds more, you know, cognitive sounds so much highbrow, right? And, and, and so you're talking about hearts and minds, right? Your mind and heart. There is sort of a more modern strain of safety orientation called safety two, safety differently human performance, resilience. I think actually these concepts play very well in supporting that point of view, because I do think that this is, this is just me talking, you know, Walker talking here, that if you mentally engage workers, okay, so they're cognitively engaged in the practice of doing their work, if they have situational awareness, if they're mindful of the conditions around them, then I think they're, they're in a better position to deal constructively with uncertainty in the workplace, dealing with missing information in the workplace, managing micro change in the workplace because they're cognitively, mentally engaged in the work, okay? I personally think that's where a lot of accidents have their origin, is this uh, working in an environment with imperfect knowledge, uncertainty, changing conditions, that a safety management system oftentimes is too rigid to effectively deal with. It's not nimble, resilient enough a lot of times as people envision a safety management system approach. I say you take it down to the worker level. You may have some structures in place, but you let the worker apply the safety management system to deal with the uncertainty and changing conditions that they see around them. And you have to have situational awareness and mindfulness to do it. I personally think, you know, that is where our our training, education, and safety management system does. DSI need to focus on is that worker interface with the task on a daily level. Now for emotional engagement, this is where I think it's reflected in managers listening to workers, listening to worker feedback, listening to their concerns, working in an organization that, that listens and learns Lessons learned, a learning organization. So cognitive and emotional engagement is not just the employee, it can be the organization that have these characteristics to it. So, you know, oftentimes you know, the 
it is is more or less poor trade as workers given autonomy uh, within the safety management system to decide how to apply plans, procedures, processes, policies to fit their work conditions. So in, in addition, workers are given some control over how the safety management system is developed, designed, and implemented. So it's autonomy, it's freedom, it's workers thinking that they're more than just a cog in the system, a mere toll for production. So listen to me, you know, I, listen to me on a, on a daily basis because I know what is going right in the organization. I know what's going wrong in the organization and I'm in the best position to, to diagnose when things are going wrong to intervene. I don't think a safety management system as most people envision is resilient enough to do that without the worker doing it. But ultimately why you have cognitive and emotional engagement is improvement. You know, these safety management systems are based on a plan, do, check, act cycle. And the act is the improvement part of that cycle. And workers are in the best place to identify hazards, to identify defenses which might be failing in the organization. They're the ones to determine the best ways to control things, novel ways of controlling things. They see what is not working, but probably as importantly, what is working on a daily basis. And they're the ones that should have the input into policy plans, procedures, processes based on their learned experiential knowledge for improvement. So I think that's, you know, these feedback loops are integral in a safety management system. I think this is a way you deal effectively with management of change in an organization. Fred Manuel, who's one of the great fathers of safety, you know, he said basically he's a strong supporter of a safety management system approach, but he says having poor accident investigations and management of change processes and organizations are two of the major reasons why accidents occur. I think this system of worker engagement sort of, if they manage change on that micro level, I think that's probably a very important thing to consider. But ultimately, you know, I think workers can have a role being engaged in reducing the complexity with respect of how work is being conducted. The more complex the work is in terms of not only the task itself, but the controls and the designs and things of how you make the work done effectively, quote unquote, efficiently, complexity adds the propagation of error. So I think, you know, workers sometimes shake their head and keep it to themselves saying, we could do it so much more simply if people listen to me, you know, listen to us in the workplace. So here is, you know, there is a tension between work as planned and work as implemented. And, you know, that's, you know, people say, oh, that's normalization of deviation, that's a drift. But who says work as implemented is wrong, okay? People assume that work as planned was the right way of doing things and workers are deviating from it for work as implemented. But quite frankly, it could be that the workers are adapting their situation because the safety management system is deficient. So they're adapting and what they're doing is actually good. So those feedback loops need to occur, continual improvement need to occur 
Their working procedures need to change. Lessons learned need to be incorporated. That's why pre-work briefings, post-work briefings are so important to get worker engagement. So, you know, I think that's why, you know, this was really important to making the workplace safe. Absolutely. The the word that kept coming to mind while we were talking there was empathy. I mean, for on the part of the safety professional thinking about putting themselves in the worker's shoes, what information do they need? What conditions are they facing? And as you said, the, you know, the, the continuous feedback loop, you know, how can what they're doing and their experience inform how I can make the workplace safer and healthier? And, and, and there's a personal ex- example. I worked at this one site and you know, we decided that the process that we were going to use to have work authorization from a safety point of view. Okay, so everything had to go through a safety review. And normally how it would be developed would be top down with the safety professional having a role in it. At this site, we all said, no, nah, it's going to be employee-based. They're going to get together and decide the best way for this to occur. Okay, and, and and I was sort of not jaded. I'm thinking, oh, I could I could do this in a day, right? I could do this and I could do this in a week, you know. It took them really long to ferret out the right way of doing it, but I could not have come up with a better way than them for knowing how to effectively and efficiently implement a system because they were doing the job every day and they knew the intricacies of things that even as a safety professional, I don't know. And certainly their boss and their boss's bosses didn't know. Okay. Anything you'd like to add? Any uh, final thoughts about uh, a worker engagement as, as we wrap up? And I could talk about this forever uh, because, uh, because I do think it's, it's, I do, my bottom line is, is we have to divorce from our mind that there's a schism between safety management systems and behavioral considerations. You need both. You can't have one or the other. I don't know why we are so reticent. People fall in one or two camps. They fall on the sword either way. You know, eliminate the sword, get married, merge them together, because that's the successful path, I think, to managing safety in organizations. Well said. That's that's a very good note to end on. Well, uh, thank you so much again, Dr. Walker, for coming on. Uh, This is a a big issue in safety and health, and I hope our listeners uh, take what we talked about today and use it to improve engagement at the organization. So I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks a lot for inviting me. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Case for Safety podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect with us at assp.org and follow us on Twitter at ASSP Safety. We'll see you next time.